Hi, I'm Cameron DeBazier. And I'm Mark Howard. And this is Talking Points. We're in our quarterly about making friends for God, and this week is Lesson 4, Prayer Power, Interceding for Others. Pastor Howard, a lot of good information this week, important for yes, us to know. Yes, absolutely. And uh, in fact, it's encapsulated in a memory verse, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And then it says the effective fervent, fervent prayer, prayer of a righteous person avails much. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, we think of this in terms of anointing for the sick. Yes. And it talks about healing there. Yes. And so oftentimes people think of this in terms of just simply praying for healing. Mm-hmm. But it also talks about confessing sins. And really, uh, the, the, the verse speaks to praying for souls. Mm. And that's what our lesson is about this week. The idea is that of, you know, the, again, prayer power interceding for others, um, intercessory prayer, the, 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 the praying for one another or on behalf of one another. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about interceding in prayer or right. intercessory prayer, if you're not familiar with the terminology. Well, and to put it in the, in the context of our lesson, this is not just about prayer in a generic sense, the importance of it, we, we could talk about that, or right. even praying for healing, like you mentioned, but we're specifically looking in the entire quarter about making friends for God and the joy of sharing in His mission. This is about soul winning work. That's right. And the role this week, we're talking about the role of prayer, intercessory prayer, in the work of soul winning. So we're going to see That's that right. a little bit as we go and develop this uh, study. Right, and uh, on Sabbath afternoon, the last paragraph of that says, when we seek God and intercede for others, God works in our own hearts to draw us closer to Him and gives us divine wisdom to reach them for His kingdom. He also works powerfully in their lives in ways we cannot see or even fully understand to draw them to Himself. So that's again, that's general. Yes, and let's, I don't know if this is a good time to mention that, but there at the end of that sentence where it says, in ways we cannot see or even fully understand. Yes. Uh, we talked about this in our, our, as we were deliberating about how to make the, you know, the outline and whatnot and the things to hit on. And one of the points you brought up, which I think is very important, is the idea that when we talk about prayer, we're standing at the edge of a, of a great deep mystery that we don't understand all the nuts yeah. and bolts. We can't formulaically outline how it works or why it works. Or but we are told to do it. We're seeing examples of it. We're, we're, it's recommended. In fact, it's commanded that we pray for That's each right. other. So clearly it's important. We advocate for it, but we're not going to sit here and say like, and therefore we know exactly how it works and when it works and there's an algorithm that'll be a guarantee. We don't, it's bigger right. than us, right? Well, especially when we're talking about intercessory prayer, you know, when I'm praying to God, it's just talking to God. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. In fact, I think we're going to get into this in the lesson that the, you know, the angels talk to God. And that would be called prayer, only they do it face to face. And, you know, and we don't. But praying for somebody else, this is where it gets sticky. And I, I told you going into this, I have always been, there's always been the, the element of mystery with intercessory prayer. Mm-hmm. Because God gives every person a choice. I mean, the greatest uh, uh, underlying principle in the great controversy is personal yes. choice. And so what? I pray for somebody and, and I take away their choice. And of course, nobody says that. But it's just, it's one of those things, you know, another aspect of this is you can get very easily fall into the heathen idea of prayer mm. where God isn't willing to do something and you're twisting his arm. Or appeasing him. And that's way, not yeah. happening here either. So mm-hmm. we're going to do our best to navigate through, you know, some good points in the lesson and, and passages of scripture. But I think you make the point that mm-hmm. there's, there's going to be an element that we're not going to fully understand this side right. of heaven. But what we do understand is it's important to pray for our own spiritual well-being 
and for the spiritual well-being of others. Amen. So we'll do our best to understand all that the scripture and spirit prophecy insights can set while understanding our limitations and still accepting it as a command of the Lord. That's right. Very clearly. Now, our focus in talking points is to point out what we took away from the lesson as key points of discussion. Mm -hmm. And again, you may come up with different key points of discussion, but uh, I... I, (laughs) I've sat in some Sabbath school classes recently, and I always, you know, when you're in the Sabbath school department, we're doing this kind of thing now. Um, you know, they follow the Monday, Sunday, Monday, you know, the, the weekly. So let's go to Sunday. Let's go to Monday. Let's go to Tuesday. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that's wrong. But one of the things that really hit me is that it, you, you, it's very easy to make the lesson disjointed. And everything's a lesson in itself. Uh, let's go to Sunday. Hey, there's this great story on Sunday. And Monday. And, you can, for example, in this particular lesson, you could lose the overarching theme that we're talking about intercessory prayer, mm. you know, or we're talking about um, seeing people as Jesus sees them like we did last mm-hmm. week. And that's why I prefer to take the overview of the lesson and also the church members had the opportunity to study the lesson during sure. the week. I don't want to reiterate the very same thing for them. And so draw out uh, key points. This is what I came up with this week. Of course, we've talked about this before. Um, your bookends are Sabbath after Sabbath afternoon and Friday. Mm-hmm. With Friday is generally a summary, and Sabbath is an introduction. And right. we basically went over the essence. And while of there might lesson. be some substance in there of, of note, they're really just kind of entering and exiting. Where the real substance is typically on the Sunday through the Thursday lesson. That's right. And so what I drew out this week was three key points. Number one, the need for intercessory prayer. Number two, Jesus, the model prayer. Mm-hmm. who modeled intercessory prayer. And then point number three is how to intercede for others, how to engage in intercessory prayer. Now, I drew my, the first point, the need for interse- intercessory prayer, what I'm taking away from actually Wednesday's lesson and Sunday's lesson, and Wednesday is where I'm going to start. And I'm saying that because, you know, for me, oftentimes, uh, if you just follow through the line of thought, it may not be your line of thought, or it may not be, mm-hmm. for me, it makes more sense. Well, we'll see what I well, mean. Well, we I think you're saying like Wednesday and Sunday, as you read through the lesson, seem to complement each other nicely, yes. even though they weren't chronologically uh, adjacent. Well, Wednesday, Sunday's lesson is a cosmic struggle, and it brings up Revelation 12, which I'm not going to go to uh, here. And then Wednesday goes into Daniel and goes to this behind-the-scenes cosmic struggle you really don't see as much of the cosmic struggle on Sunday's lesson as you do on Wednesdays, Wednesdays, even though you have the title, The Cosmic Struggle. They clearly work together, right. And point number two, uh, Jesus' uh, role as intercessor, Jesus the mighty intercessor is Monday's lesson. Mm -hmm. And so that corresponds with Monday. And then how to intercede for others, Tuesday's lesson is on Paul's intercessory prayers. And Thursday talks about focused prayer Mm -hmm. when we're praying for others, so they complement each other as well. As far as... That's how I right. came up with that. So thematically, number one, the need for intercessory prayer. Number two, Jesus, the model prayer. And number three, how to intercede for others. Yes. And one of the things that's been difficult and it's going to continue to be difficult in talking points, um, even now we want to go over the lesson, but we also interject things we've learned through our talking points already. <laughs> and one thing we've talked about is we come up with our three points and we still can run into the challenge that the seven-day, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, well, we've only gotten through Tuesday's lesson, or you're cramming through 
you know, the, the last, you know, Thursday, mm -hmm. Wednesday and Thursday so because, because you spent so much time. Well, we've done that sometimes with our key points. Yes, we have. Which and we are literally on the clock now and we that's need to exactly. keep it moving. Yeah. And so, but I want to, I want to make that point to our viewers that it's, it's easy to do. So even when you have key points, you want to get in your mind, like, this is how much time I have, because if they're key, if they're all key, then you want equal weight. You don't want to come down to key point number three in this case and say, well, we got two minutes yeah. or three. Yeah. So because of that also, this isn't a us teaching the lessons per se. We don't have time to look up all the passages. Right. So we're going to comment. And what I have in the handout, and you uh, will show again the link yep. that you can get our handouts, our outlines rather for these, not handouts. Mm -hmm. You can use them in handouts if you want. But um, the need for intercessory prayer. And I have the bullet point in the cosmic struggle, which is the name of Sunday's lesson. And we look at Daniel in the lesson. It goes to Daniel uh, 10, 10 to 14, where Daniel is praying and the angel Gabriel comes to him after a period of time and says, listen, Daniel, from the time you started praying, I was sent to answer you, but we were dealing with this other situation with the prince of Persia. And I'm going to comment on this. I respect the contributors of the lesson, but I don't always agree with them. And not that I totally disagreed, but there was a strong point made in the lesson that the prince of Persia could not have been Darius or Cyrus, rather. It had to be an angelic being. That's not necessary to the lesson. And one thing I've noticed as I've gone to some of our Sabbath school classes is, especially Seventh-day Adventists, we sometimes get this idea that we have it all figured out and we can't learn the same old stuff again. It's got to have some new, edgy, mm. whatever. Mm -hmm. And... And so we get off on tangents mm -hmm. that are not necessary to make the point. It doesn't matter if the prince of Persia that Gabriel was contesting with was the spiritual power behind him mm -hmm. or whether it was Cyrus himself. In either case, there's a cosmic struggle that's mm -hmm. going on to make sure that God's will goes forward. Mm. And, and that's the point of that lesson in Daniel and also Sunday's lesson is that when we're talking about winning souls, I mean, think about how easy winning souls would be if there was no evil force <laughs> right. and there was no conflict, no great controversy. Right. Well, they'd <laughs> already be won. There wouldn't That's be a, right. There wouldn't be a battle at all. And, and the fact that you're making that you're bringing to light here is a very important one. That the, this unseen spiritual battle is the reason we have the seen problems that we do. Uh, and the reason we need to pray for each other, the reason that people are in need of spiritual help is because of that very great controversy behind the veil struggle, if you will. That's um, right. You know, you have written down here, quarterly Wednesday, last paragraph, yes. which brings out, uh, says this, Daniel 10 draws the curtain aside and reveals this struggle between good and evil. As Daniel prays, Michael, the almighty Jesus, descends from heaven to beat back the forces of hell. Although we may not see it, Jesus is at work to answer our prayers of intercession as well. He is a mighty Savior. Not one of our prayers go goes unnoticed. Awesome. But the idea is that we are, and, and it, the other text that you got mentioned here, Ephesians 6, right, talks about, uh, 6 verse 12, talks about the spiritual forces that we're right. continuing We're not with. battling against flesh and blood. Exactly. So we have both the Old Testament and New Testament are consistent on this behind-the-scenes spiritual struggle that we, are, we find ourselves in the middle of. And the answer to that is, to, uh, to appeal to the Lord in prayer, to That's ask right. for his mighty agency to help where we can't fight. 
That's right, and I put in my notes that we are smack dab in the middle of an unseen spiritual war, and our prayers are one means of enlisting in the cause of Christ. Mm-hmm. It's casting, it's part of the battle and being on the side of Christ. And so, you know, the need for intercessory prayer, there's a cosmic conflict going on. Yes. And, and, and there's, there's this constant battle over souls. And so mm-hmm. our prayers are, are moving in that direction. That's right. Speaking of moving, that's a fantastic <laughs> transition to this Review and Herald statement from yes. uh, December 14, 1905, where she writes, Prayer moves the arm of omnipotence. He who marshals the stars in order in the heavens, whose word controls the waves of the great deep, the same infinite creator will work in behalf of his people if they will call upon him in faith. He will restrain all the forces of darkness until the warning is given to the world and all who heed it are prepared for his coming. So you see that conflict there. He will restrain the forces of darkness. It's in the context of prayer. Prayer moves the arm of omnipotence to do what? And we talked about that. Like, I know God doesn't take away somebody's choice, but what he can do is he can hold back the powers of darkness in a certain place and and provide greater opportunity and further, you know, time for people or clear out a space or whatever it is he does. Again, we don't understand how it works, but we enlist in God's army to help him move that arm. That's incredible. That's right. And that there's another statement that uh, the lesson brings part of it from First Testimonies 345. It says, Satan cannot endure to have his powerful rival, which would be Christ, Mm -hmm. appealed to. He can't endure us appealing Mm -hmm. to Christ in prayer. For he fears and trembles before his, Christ's, strength and majesty. At the sound of fervent prayer, Satan's whole host trembles. Now, if we had nothing else (laughs) in the lesson, I don't have to understand it. I'm going to be praying. Exactly. Whatever that is, I need (laughs) some of that. That's great. That's right. Amen. So anyway, as you get into the lesson, that, that's what we saw as one key point. It's just introducing the need for intercessory prayer. No, you in can add to that. In the context of the great spiritual yes. battle. Yes, right. and you can add to that our own personal need in sure. the fact that we don't understand, we don't have the wisdom we need, and there, there's more that could be said right. on that. But it creates a framework for why prayer is important. Yes, why yeah. is intercessory prayer important? Okay. Now, if we go to Jesus, the model prayer, um, and this is a little play on words, not really intended when I put this together, but the first question that came to my own mind, and the lesson doesn't bring this out, is what did Jesus model prayer, the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, have to say about intercessory prayer? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Mm-hmm. And most people, as they go through that, they think, hmm, really really doesn't say, I mean, it's our daily bread, give us this day, keep us keep from temptation. temptation. Yeah. I'm praying for Delivers me. Me. me, I'm not really praying for souls. Mm. It, it doesn't lie on the surface, but, but you've it's done there. a whole sermon yes, on this. Yes, and, and I've got a lot to say about this, and going back to the time thing, I'm going to squeeze <laughs> it in here real tight. But, but if it. you look at that model prayer, uh, and again, t- to be clear, when Jesus taught us to pray, he didn't say pray these exact words. He wasn't giving a formula, right. but he was giving a template of the types and themes that we should be thinking about, right? That's right. And when he says, our, our first appeal should be our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't think Jesus was just using decorative language when he no. said, like, uh, your will be done on earth. He wasn't being poetic. I think he literally meant the number one desire of our heart should be what Christ is, that God's That's will right. will be done here the same way it's done there. Which begs That's the right. question, how is God's work done there? How is That's his right. will accomplished in well, heaven? Well, and, and even what you had said there, what is the burden of 
the heart and the work of God, yes. of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit, the of Lord's the heavenly angels of heaven. Right. What are they doing up there? Are they preparing <laughs> for a big party? Are no, they doing and a, if you look at, you know, and, and I like to go Unless the wedding supper of the Lamb, perhaps. Okay. But, yeah. but if you go to Revelation <laughs> 4 and 5, which we don't have time to do, but you see the right. three members of the Godhead, you have the four living creatures, the 24 elders, but then you right. have this whole sea of, you know, 10,000 times 10,000 angels and thousands, thousands of angels. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews what those angels are for. They're yes. ministering spirits, verses 7 and 14 of Hebrews 1. That's right. Who are sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. So all of heaven, the overwhelming majority of heaven's population, the angels, are frontline ministers seeking and saving the lost. You know? That's right. And so according to the model prayer, that should be the number one priority of our hearts. Lord, how can I enlist in heaven's cooperative agency for the saving of souls? That's right. So intercessory prayer, though it may not be explicit, it is primary in the Lord's prayer as he taught right. us to pray. And then, of course, as we see his example, I think of Hebrews 5, 7, I put in the notes, prayer, prayer was essential for Jesus. It said mm. that he cried to God with strong crying and tears to him who was able to save him. Mm. And, and, you know, you can read that and say rightfully say, Jesus even prayed for himself and his humanity. Hmm. Um, but when you think about what he was praying for himself for, what did he need strength for? What was he praying for? For his mission, which was what? Seeking and saving the lost. I mean, hmm. you don't get around Christ's ministry. We don't need to take any more time on this. Right. Jesus prayed for lost souls, and yes. he was modeling that for us. Well, even John 17, the, which is the true Lord's Prayer in the sense that that was his prayer to his That's Father. Right. He prays for himself for a few verses, and That's then he right. goes to his disciples and, and is all and those about... those who believe in all the exactly, ages. Exactly. I, I want them to believe, and I want the people who are going to hear them to believe. Like, the mission that he has is not just his own preservation, but the giving of the gospel to the world. That's right. And I've included this statement. It wasn't in the lesson, but I would share it in class. It's so powerful. Steps to Christ 94 says, What a wonder it is that we pray so little. Mm. God is ready and willing, and this especially in the light of the fact that Christ felt the need to pray. Right. And you'll see what this in a minute. What are we doing not praying? <laughs> uh, God is ready and willing to hear the sincere prayer of the humblest of his children, and yet there is much manifest reluctance on our part to make known our wants to God. What can the angels of heaven think of poor, helpless human beings who are subject to temptation when God's heart of infinite love yearns toward them, ready to give them more than they can ask or think, and yet they pray so little and have so little faith? Mm. And, and it goes on in that statement actually to say how much the angels love to come and talk to God. Why don't human beings? And so especially in the context of the need we have when it comes to reaching others for God, mm. um, that's why Jesus, that's what Jesus was modeling for us. Yes. And not only did he give instruction about it, but you talk about the modeling of Jesus, perhaps the quintessential intercessory model of Jesus' ministry was his prayer for his own disciple, specifically right. Peter, uh, on the night of his betrayal. You yes, and the lesson there? brings that out specifically in Luke chapter 12, mm -hmm. where Jesus says to Peter that I, in fact, what he says, and it's fascinating, and this goes into our cosmic conflict again, the first thing he says is, Satan has asked for you. That you know, he may a sift you right as we. There. <laughs> there's so much I'd like to, but that, that's that backdrop. And I honestly can't explain how that all works, but there is some kind of permission going on that has to be asked it's for. It's kind of like think, Job in the Old yes. Testament when the Satan approaches him and says, it has this dialogue about Job and his character and why he stands up, for, and he asks permission, well, can I hurt him a little? Can I hurt his family? Can I take away his money? And God said, all right, you can go this far, but no further. And in the New Testament, apparently, like you brought out, uh, Jesus is asked, uh, Satan even asked, apparently, to, yes. to sift him, to take him, to hurt him. And evidently, <laughs> The answer was, was yes. yes. <laughs> and so this is the whole, yeah. like, I can't explain all that, and I can only imagine. Peter would be like, and you told him yet? Yeah, what kind of Satan help is that? Satan has pr 
asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But Jesus says, I have prayed for you. Now he's speaking. So here Jesus is speaking specifically to Peter, prayed mm -hmm. for him by name, and he prayed something specific that your faith fail not. Mm. But in, in, even in the context, Jesus knew he was going to deny him. He wasn't the faith fail not. But in case, no, he says, but when you're converted, strengthen your brethren. Right? Yeah. He, he had already told him he's going to, you're going to deny me three times. So in that context, yet Jesus had prayed for Peter's faith and had the broader belief that in the end he would overcome, at least right. in part because the Well, at least because he, I mean, exactly, in part because he prayed, because he said, I prayed for you that won't, but he did. But then he says, and when you're converted, you'll, the implication you just drew there is that Christ knew the end from the beginning and he still prayed for him. That's right. You know, help him strengthen through this, even if he falls, to pick him back up and give him the strength he needs to be the disciple I've called him to be. There, there's so much in that. In other, I mean, I'm thinking when we're praying for others. Yes. It, it, and, and then they fall, and we may say, oh, it didn't work. Hold on a minute. Wait, there's more to the story. Yeah, yes. one fall doesn't constitute whether you're going to be an attorney Amen. or not. Amen. I mean, <laughs> Amen. I mean, is that not good That's news good right news there? That's the gospel in itself. So, oh, yeah. so Jesus, yeah, he modeled intercessory prayer. So mm -hmm. we see that there's a definite need in the context of the controversy and with our own just being a part of the ministry, yes. uh, trying to reach other souls for Christ. And we see Jesus, the, uh, uh, the model prayer, modeling f for us in the Lord's Prayer and specifically praying for Peter in that whole example. Mm -hmm. And so as he hands off that ministry to us, yes. You know, as my Father sent me, so send I you. Right. We can't exclude intercessory Absolutely prayer. Absolutely not. Well, and the, the Apostle Paul talks about giving, he refers to what we have as the ministry of reconciliation, that we are, like, that God is through us drawing people to himself, That's right. that we take basically the same thing that Jesus was doing, That's and right. Jesus left, and now he's left us with that task, that we need to pick up the baton and move on. Uh, with that same work. Yes. So if Jesus prayed for others, we absolutely ought to as well. So how do we do it? And that's Amen. point number two. How do we intercede for others? And in light of these things, what, what do we know practically? Well, our memory verse again, James yes. talks about praying uh, the, the fervent prayer of a righteous yes. man. And fervent uh, speaks to, to passion and warmth. And, in other words, yeah. you gotta in mean it. some level yeah. of investment. Intensity, yeah. So, when we're praying for others, we've got to have a burden for souls. Mm -hmm. And in part, I mean, not in part, but that comes from the Lord. And I know that some of you have a burden for souls. I just want you to understand that mm. that burden doesn't come naturally for any of us. That's true. Uh, we receive it from the Lord, which should be encouraging because if the Lord's giving us a burden, that's because he wants to answer that burden as mm -hmm. we pray. So pray fervently. That's one thing we know when it comes to interceding for others. And then the lesson brought out on... Uh, uh, Tuesday, the example of Paul's prayer for the Ephesian church and for the church in Philippi. Both of those examples are given, and part of the point of the lesson on, those, on that day was to pray with focus. Mm -hmm. And so, interceding with others, pray fervently, and then pray specifically with focus. Not just like, right. Lord, just be with, you know, please help them. Yeah. Help them what? Paul prayed that help him to know the, yeah. the depth and the height and the breadth of the love of God and right. be able or to glorify him more. Jesus' example, he said, I have prayed for you that you, and he called him by right. name, that what the issue he was going to face and all the different, he didn't just say, I prayed for you all and wink at Peter like this really means right. you. He said, I'm praying for you for this issue. Yeah. So pray, pray fervently, 
pray specifically with focus. Mm -hmm. um, pray with boldness. In other words, when you are praying, don't be like, well, I don't want to ask that. What's it going to hurt? The Lord can say no. He tells us to pray. Ask. Pray with boldness. Matthew 21, 22, um, which was, neither of these were listed in the lesson, but I've listed them in the outline. Jesus said, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Now, obviously, that's right. in a context. Of course, I never got the will, Ferrari right? I prayed for, yeah. you know, but you get what I'm saying. Right. And what Jesus is saying, that we're praying for souls. That's right. certainly within the will of God. Absolutely. And so pray with confidence. Pray with with boldness, rather. In the same James chapter 5, just before in James chapter 4, yes. speaking about prayer, he says, you have not because you ask not. Right? What the, an awful, yeah. in, in some ways, what an awful thing. Okay. Like, you mean I could have had it right. if I would? Yeah, you never asked. Yeah, what an indictment <laughs> on this. It's like, yeah. well, the reason you don't have it, you didn't ask, so. But I just, I didn't think you'd give it to me. You know, that's like, the Lord ask. say, yeah. 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 Um, so, again, the praying with boldness means don't be afraid to actually state or ask your true petition. That's just right. Say it. Yeah. That's right. God can say no, but he might just say yes when you exactly. thought he was going to say no. And the lesson does bring this out on Sunday. Um, this quote from Great Controversy 525 says, It is a part of God's plan to grant us, in answer to the prayer of faith, that which he would not bestow, did we not thus ask. Now, so, I'll tell you, <laughs> this is one of those areas I stop and say, I don't know how it works. But yeah. the Lord has called us to this ministry of intercession, a ministry of prayer for ourselves and for others, of course, in the context of our lesson here, their souls, their, yes. their spiritual life. And apparently there's stuff he will give us if we ask that, that he wouldn't he would, otherwise do. I don't understand well, it. Well, part of, part we of that ask. we know is that the Lord inspires us with what to pray. Okay. So it's not like you should have asked. If it's something we should be praying for, His Holy Spirit and will prompt us. And if we're asking for, to, to ask for the right things, He'll give us the right things to ask That's for. That's right. We okay. need to be in tune with Him. But anyway, pray. so I would said confidence before, which is not it. So pray fervently. Pray specifically with focus. Pray with boldness. And then I added pray with confidence. Because, well, that sounds the same. Well, the differentiation for me is praying with boldness is don't be afraid to ask for, for whatever uh, in behalf of souls. But then praying with confidence means believing that God's going to do something about it. So, for example, you pray for somebody and then you see them go down a path and you're like, oh, God didn't hear. No, he did hear. Have confidence mm. that he heard and he answered. Paul, in that prayer for the Philippians, has one of my favorite verses in the Bible, being, very com being confident of this of very this thing, thing yeah. that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it unto the day of Jesus. He's praying for them, and he said, I'm confident of this. Well, I know God hurts. Similarly, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Uh, and so the idea being that we can have the, the same word is used, confidence, right? That Paul and John right. talked about when we appeal to God, we can have confidence that... Well, read verse 16 in Okay, there. let's keep going. Well, let's go on in verse 15. And, okay. and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Mm. If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask. And he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is a sin leading to death. I do not say that he should, I do not say that he should pray about that. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot that we could un uncover right. there. But uh, basically the point is that it's immediately, anything we ask 
according to his will, he'll give us, and then it's in the context of praying for other people, specifically, right. right? If your Well, in the, in the sin unto death is the, is the unpardonable sin, and no human being knows what that is. Mm -hmm. So John's not saying don't pray. Well, he might have done the, committed the unpardonable, don't bother praying for him. That's yeah. not what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to clarify that there, now there are certain things God's not going to be able to rescue a person from. But I don't know that, and you right. don't know that, so we keep praying. Just pray, yeah. And, and what's awesome is he says he will give him life, and commentators are divided on this. Is the life who's given the to the him? one who's <laughs> praying or the one who's being prayed for? But the net effect is the same. Yeah. And uh, it's Albert Barnes in his commentary on 1 John 5.16 that makes this point. He says, in comment to this verse, 16, what a motive is this to prayer? How faithful and constant should we be in pleading for our fellow sinners that we may be instrumental in saving their souls. Amen. I mean, think of that. God's given us the ability to be instrumental. It's not us doing it, yet we can have a part in somebody That's being right. in the kingdom just by praying for them. Mm. Why not pray? Amen. Amen. So in conclusion, we need to wrap this up, but... Mm. Um, Proverbs 61, verse 1, by your fervent prayers. Pray, pray. I'm not sorry, why is that? That <laughs> doesn't make any sense. compilation of prayer. Yeah, that's prayer. It's like, that's not the right. You'll see that in the reference. PR is not <laughs> yes. Proverbs. It's prayer, page 61, paragraph 1. By your fervent prayers of faith, you can move the arm that moves the world. Oof. It goes back to that omnipotence, you know, the idea that move I don't know how the mechanics of it world, world, but somehow we're in contact with God who can move worlds at his command. That's and right. this is what we have to connect with. So let's pray. Amen. Let's pray. You want to pray for us? <laughs> yeah. Father in heaven. Oh, Father, what a privilege is prayer, a privilege that we do not take advantage of as you wish we would, and especially in praying for lost souls. Oh, Father, forgive us where we've fallen short. And Lord, may we be impressed and inspired and remember as we go forward to, to pray uh, to give ourselves to the praying for lost souls and help us to be confident, Lord, that you are in the process of hearing and answering those prayers that at last souls will be saved, multiple souls will be saved in your kingdom. We thank you for hearing and answering this prayer for we pray it in the name of Jesus. 